day. Then we kick back and relax in the evenings. The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Former President Trump is campaigning in Iowa today on the third anniversary of the U.S. Capitol riot. Three years ago, Donald Trump was in the White House fighting to overturn the 2020 election results. Today, he's holding two campaign rallies in Iowa in his bid to win back the White House. Trump has not ignored the events of January 6, 2021. In fact, he has described those imprisoned for overrunning the Capitol building as great patriots, and at some campaign rallies has played a recording of the Star-Spangled Banner sung by jailed rioters. Greg Clugston, the White House. The former president, meanwhile, told voters in Iowa they can validate the polls that show him leading. By delivering a massive victory in Iowa, you'll send a thundering message to crooked Joe Biden. He's a crooked man. He's an incompetent crooked man. Former President Trump speaking at a campaign rally last night in Sioux Center, Iowa. More of these stories at SRNews.com. This is Dennis Prager. Now you can listen to my show when it's convenient for you and without censorship from big tech, become a member of the ultimate online community for all things Prager. It's PragerTopia Unlimited. Listen to the show on demand when it's easiest for you. This includes every radio show, every segment, and every guest over the last 10 years, and it's commercial free. You can even share your favorite segments with your friends. Plus, you'll get the same email from Alan Estrin that I receive every night about the most important issues to read about. Pragertopia Unlimited members can also listen to every program, lecture, and course that is in the Prager store. Thousands of hours. You can even listen to all my Torah teachings for free. Share my passion for free speech. Join today and save 25% off the first year and get a free Pragertopia coffee mug. It's all things Prager, Pragertopia Unlimited. Go to Pragertopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much. From the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night, and every moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Portions of the following program may have been pre-recorded. Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. Let's just say I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. It's the King Banyan Show, your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. The process of getting inflation back down to 2% has a long way to go and is likely to be bumpy. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. If you're going to fix complicated problems, you have to learn how to fix simple problems first. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. Good morning and welcome. King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. 
Happy to be with you today. My, my daughter is visiting uh, San Francisco right now and sending me, uh, sending me food pictures. She knows, she knows how, to, how to reach me at any time by showing me pictures of great, uh, great food. Um, I don't know if you've ever had this. In, in many countries, there's basically, you think, for us, it's usually like pizza. It's bread with, like, vegetables and meats and some sauce on it. She went to a Georgian restaurant last night and produces and is producing pictures of something. She's like, I, she just called it a, uh, a, a Georgian cheese boat. And I'm like, what the heck is she talking about? And I saw it and I'm like, oh, no, no, that's Kachapuri. Uh, uh, and um, I think there's a place in St. Paul that makes Kachapuri. Um, I have to look into it during the break. I, we might we might need a sponsorship, Spencer, um, so we can get some good we can get some good free food. It's basically a it does it's like a bread boat that's got cheese and vegetables in the middle of it, um, and and it's just fabulous. Anyway, six five one two eight nine four four seven seven the number to call. It is Job Saturday. It's the first Saturday of twenty twenty four. I'm. St- have you stopped putting 23 on your checks? Who writes a check? No, people probably don't write a check. But I do. And sure enough, the first two checks I wrote in January, I put 23 down and then had to cross it out and put in 24. And, you know, it's embarrassing, uh, but everyone does it. Um, I, I mean, I feel, like, I feel like I'm about to do the Seinfeld bit about uh, guys carrying checks. Um and um, if you don't know it, Google it. It's, some wonder, it's a wonderful little bit at the end of one of his early shows. Um, jobs report. Man, I turned on the TV like I always do to see how is the, how is the market going to react to the number. So let's start at the, begin, at, the, at the beginning. Most of the forecast was for for the unemployment rate to stay right around its its level of 3.7%. It did that. The forecast ADP had been out the day before with 164,000 jobs added, which is exactly the print that you got on from the Bureau of Labor Statistics on Friday in the in the payroll survey, private jobs up 164. If you're if you listen to this show and you listen to the Biz 1440 in all the programming on here during the week, you probably are saying to yourself, 164, I thought the number was 216. It was. But the difference is the fact that we added 52,000 jobs in the public sector in the month of January. And my question is, what? that's a pretty big number. The last three, just point this out quickly, the last three months of public sector job creation, 61,000 in October 20. Uh, uh, 37,000 in November and 52,000 in in December. If I dig inside to see where are those where where are those particular jobs uh, in the public sector, most of them, in fact, are coming are coming from local government and particularly local government education. Up 19,200 jobs in the month. There's about eight million of those. So that's a pretty significant add to that number. Uh, and but you know local government excluding education up 
up 17,700 on a on a base of about 6.7 million. Okay, so it's it's adding stuff in the, the it's adding stuff, you know, out in the out in the fifth decimal place. It's really not that large a large a gain, but but the fact that these numbers have been rising in local government, it's now three months in a row at a pretty significant clip, makes me want to ask, well, what is all going on there? So, I mean, we'll talk about the fact that food services and drinking places are going up. They were up 22,000 jobs, but that's on a base of 12,000, 12, uh, excuse me, 12 million, three, uh, 12.37 million for uh, December. So if I look again, if I go back and look at that number, the 164, what kinds of jobs are those? Those jobs are primarily service sector. Um, the only growing sector on the goods side was in manufacturing, up uh, a seasonally adjusted 17,000 workers in December. December was um, a pretty mild month weather-wise. Um, I was just talking with uh, Spencer the fact that, you know, two weeks ago today, I'm, I'm on a golf course in Minnesota. You know, so been a pretty mild month, so, so you might have some extra people being hired out there. But if you dig deeper into the data, I think there's some there's some things to think about, some things to con- uh, that that for me are a bit of a concern that might tell me, yeah, you can celebrate the two sixteen number, but where is or even the one sixty four number, which was an up surprise, we thought. We thought overall payrolls would come in about 160 to 180, maybe a 190. 216 is a little bit higher than expected. But again, that strength in public sector employment is one area that was up. The other area that's been up substantially um, has been in health care and social assistance. We did add 40,000 jobs in leisure and hospitality. Um, Overall, including that twenty-two thousand four hundred in in uh, food and beverage, um, the number that that I pay attention to, one of the things that they actually will isolate on the summary page, is the temporary help services. Temp temp help has been down forty-two thousand in October, twenty-two thousand in November, thirty another thirty-three thousand this month. And the number of people that work in the temporary help services area, let me go, let me go grab that number for you quick. I'm flipping through um, to find it. Temp help is normally only about less than three million workers. You've taken about a hundred thousand. You've taken about a hundred thousand of them off in the last in the last three months. You've gone from yeah more than that. So I've gone from I've gone from uh, about. Three three point one five million to two point nine, three point one nine million to two point nine million, uh, in the course of uh, in the course of uh, the last year, that is an indicator. Usually, that is an indicator of a softening labor market. We also know we got the jolts data this past week. The number of job openings has you know which was at one point above eleven million, almost twelve million jobs is now down below 9 million, about 8.5 million jobs. So the number of job openings is down. And more importantly for a lot of folks, the quit rate in that data has also dropped 
so that the share of uh, workers quitting month to month is back at the levels it was in 2019. So the great resignation story of 2022 is now, we'll wait to see. I think I need a few more months before I'm willing to convince myself that it's in the rearview mirror. But I can tell you it's not come up. Uh, and the way we do our quarterly business report survey, I am not actually looking at data right now to to sort of indicate what's happening with the amount of people quitting jobs, leaving jobs voluntarily here in central Minnesota. Um, I'm not paying attention to that number right now because I think it's back to normal. Uh, we just published, I'll give you some more information about this, but we just published our quarterly business report on Thursday of this past week. And one of the things we track is uh, we ask area businesses to tell us what's going on with the difficulty of finding qualified workers. And it's back to normal. Um, it's not at the level that would tell me that they're just not looking for workers that would indicate a recession. But it was so elevated four, five, six surveys ago. And it's all the way back to a level that is right around where the average level, the average survey result comes in. So I no longer think of that as being an issue either. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit in the next segment because I want to talk about the household survey, which for some reason a whole lot of people have not talked about in this. And I can tell you why, because the results there are significantly different. But before I leave the payroll survey, and we'll have some we'll have some input from um, from some folks uh, here in the next uh, in the next segment as well. But the other piece of information to share on this. Uh, if I look at the number of weekly hours, uh, if I look at, at the weekly earnings, uh, uh, average hourly earnings was up 15 cents or, or almost four tenths of percent. So that you actually had a wage rate increase of near four, uh, running at an average level of about, about 4% a year. Now, that's great. For those workers, that's, that's fantastic. However, and the, the hinting at what uh, at the information to come, what that means for the bigger the big news that's been out there for the last month has been ever since the Jay Powell press conference that we had to miss uh, because we couldn't get here to the camp, to campus that day. Outside of that, since then, there's been this tug of war going on about what's going to happen with monetary policy and the data on wages in yesterday's jobs report probably threw a little extra cold water on the idea that rate decreases are coming down fast. Indeed, I only have a couple examples of this, but I mean, every, be it Bloomberg, be it CNBC, Yahoo Finance, uh, any of the other Fox business, any of the any of the uh, business stations had had you know strategists, economists, everybody getting to a microphone to say the market seems to be a little ahead of itself in thinking that rate cuts will begin in March. Yet the yet the uh, the countdown to FOMC uh, page from the from the Chicago Mercantile Exchange 
still puts at about a 60% probability. I should pull that page up again. Still puts at about a 60% probability the likelihood um, that you're going to get a rate in, you're going to get a rate cut. In fact, I'm just going to pull it up for you quickly and and while I try to try to get this here. That rate cut that rate cut uh, expectation uh, is still at 62%. Yet everyone was discounting it discounting it all day yesterday. And frankly, for the whole second half of the week, the market still is out in front of where the Fed has said it's going to be. The Fed release minutes, we'll talk about those. we got lots more to talk about, including a little bit of a catfight going on between Larry Summers and Paul Krugman. I can't wait to share a little bit of that with you because it came up on uh, it came up on television last night and we'll play we'll play some of that for you as well we'll be right back after these messages you're listening to the king banyan show on the biz 1440 The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. BearingArms.com covers Second Amendment issues, self-defense, the latest gear, and more. That's BearingArms.com. Donald Trump's indictment proves that saving America is not going to be easy. There are entrenched powers that are fighting this with everything they've got. They want to keep control over the country, the narrative, and the nation's money supply. Hi, I'm Lance Wall now. I'm a news analyst, a Christian author, and evangelical leader. I speak to millions of people every week, people just like you. You see, what the elites are doing is using inflation and government handouts and now central bank digital currencies to determine how they're going to control America. And that's why I recommend all Christians start a gold IRA from the Birch Gold Group, because physical precious metals are one of the few ways you can maintain control over your own savings. To get a free info kit on gold IRAs, text the word FAITH to 989898. Birch Gold Group is the only gold company I trust. Get their free info kit and you'll see why a gold IRA can help you. There are no strings attached. Text the word FAITH to 989898 and you're going to be blessed by taking action right now. China is attacking the U.S. patent system, stealing American innovations, and we are helping them do it. The Chinese Communist Party intends to surpass us and to be the world leader in innovative technology. Innovation Race, the shocking new movie from the Tea Party Patriots, exposes the truth. China will use our own technology to threaten our economic and military security. Dominating technology means you dominate the world itself. This is a race that we cannot afford to lose because we're not going to have a country. If China gains control over 5G technology with a flip of a switch, they could remotely turn off our phones, our cars, even our power grid. We've lost sight of what it is to protect this nation. We need to up our game. In today's high-tech world, there's no prize for second place. Watch Innovation Race. Available now on demand or DVD at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Overcoming debt can be daunting. Whether your debt is manageable or has six zeros behind it, there's hope. Tune in to The Ramsey Show for a common-sense approach to breaking free from debt, building wealth, and enhancing your life. For decades, Dave has been helping people take control of their financial lives, one baby step at a time. So listen to The Ramsey Show. You may just hear a caller story similar to your own. We 
weekdays from 1 p.m. to 4 on the Biz 1440. $40,000? Yes. To fix up your house. You're millionaires. Yes. <laughs> you had to call me about $40,000 when, when you have almost $2 million? The Ramsey Show, live every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. Yeah, that's a good song. Thank you for playing that. Uh, 651-289-4477, the number to call on a job Saturday with your questions and comments. 651-289-4477. I think, you know, I was listening to some of what, what I would consider maybe the instant reaction to to the jobs report and i've actually gotten to really like rick reader he's a he's a strategist at BlackRock, uh and i think he's their chief u.s economist and and uh he typically pops up on cnbc on a uh, on on the on jobs friday and uh has been observing sort of this twist in how we're bringing jobs into the market and this is just a sample of what what he had to say yesterday this is cut number three it's a solid report. I mean, you, you know, you break it down. And, you know, we, we talk about it on this show a bunch. If you look at the breakdown of this thing, you have a different economy than we're used to. You look at health care and education. That is a demographic. That is a changing service-oriented economy. That's just hard. We're going to have sticky job growth. The thing that I think, though, if you step back and look at it, we're start, it's trending down a little bit. It's a little softer. You look at things like temporary hiring coming down a little bit. You look at the JOLTS report we got this week, professional business services coming off of it. So, listen, I think you have to characterize this as solid report, as Mike said. Average hourly earnings, by the way, the month-on-month was 0.44. It's a pretty strong number, meaning there's demand for labor. I think the paradigm that you have to describe in terms of the economy, markets, certainly employment, is when people say, gosh, this is, you know, we're going into a recession, deep recession. It's just not evident in the data. No, it's not evident in the data. But what what also is not evident to me is the is whether the household data is actually giving us a different story than the payroll data. I'm I'm just going to tick through the numbers, and I'm going to promise you because I probably spent about ninety minutes in the breakfast nook at my home with the headphones on, playing every clip I could find between uh, on every business station between. 7.30 central time and, and noon, didn't hear anybody mention this. So I, I'm going to argue this is this is useful, different information than what you're getting. And I'm just reading the household data off the summary page. I'm not digging deep to get this information. I'm going to dig deep during the break. I forgot to pull up uh, the data because these data are seasonally adjusted. And this is an important point I need, I'm going to try to make here. I think the seasonal adjustment work that's being done right now is hampered by what happened during the COVID pandemic. That it is distorting some of the, the seasonal adjustments are giving us some data that is distorted because believe me, if these, if the seasonal adjustments are working the way they are, this is a concerning figure. Okay. So, I, I, I've done this. I've done this for you here on the King Banyan Show in the past, but I'm going to I'm going to do this again because 
it's how I teach my students to do employment data. And I tell them, I said, if you're if you are hired as an economist somewhere, you're expected to have an opinion about jobs. And so the way to think about this is let's start with what this biggest bucket on top. I'm going to work through a funnel, right? Here's a funnel. At the top of the funnel is the number of people in the, in, in the country who are of working age, age 16 and up. That number will go up every, every month. By, growth, by the population growth rate, which moves very, very slowly from month to month. Over decades, it can change a little more significantly, but even then, it's a difference between maybe 1% to 2 to one-half of 1%. If you're looking at smaller areas, those fluctuations can be bigger, but it's still it's that same, you know, because if I look at uh, population data for central Minnesota, just, you know, or even greater Minnesota. So put the Twin Cities in one bucket and put everybody else in the other bucket. Uh, that population change in a population of about, about well, if I'm just looking at, at, at that particular level of population, it's about a million people. I can get that thing to grow up and down by, by 2 to 3%. The fluctuations go, go like between negative 1 and plus 2. Um, so those are a little wider. But it's about 150 to 175,000 people added to the age 16 and up population. So that's the top of the funnel. They're now going to fun. Now we're going to funnel down to how many of them are actually in the labor force, which means there's now a huge. There's these 268 million people making a decision whether or not they're going to be in the labor force, meaning they're either working or looking for work on the one hand, or on the other hand, they are, they are, or they are out of the labor force. They could be providing uh, child care at home for their families or parental care for an elderly parent that needs extra help. Who's, uh, who's, uh, who's aging in place. Um, it could be all, they could be going to college. They could be in the, they could be in the military, a, a, any of this stuff, right? Any of this. And the answer to that number was it decreased by 676,000 people. Now I'm questioning that number because I say, what other evidence do I have? Cause I'm never going to be persuaded by a single data data point, right? I was going to say, what other evidence do I have that would tell me that 676,000 people exited the labor force between November of 23 and December of 23? And I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. So what happened? And then I filter down a little one step further and I get to I get to the number of people employed and I get 680. Okay, so I've now gone. I've gone through one filter. Are you in the labor force or out? And there's a big change there. I'm now going to go through the next filter and say, how many of those people who are either working or looking for work actually have a job? Who report, okay, because it's a self, the worker is reporting to you whether or not they have a job from a survey of about 60,000 people. The answer to that is the number of people employed in the household survey dropped 683,000. So the number that got out there all day yesterday was the plus 216 
Nobody talked about the minus 683. Now, the, and, the and, and that means that, okay, if you listen closely, you heard 676, you heard 683. So what happened to the number of people that are actually unemployed? Barely moved, rose by 6,000. So that's why the unemployment rate didn't move at 3.7%. So you'd hear 216, you'd hear unemployment rate unchanged, unemployment rate 3.7%. woo Okay. I have a plausible reason for why that 683 number is statistical noise. Because it's a seasonally adjusted number. And given what's happened in the in the Decembers of 2020... 2021, 2022, is it possible that the the seasonal adjustment process, which just says, I'm going to take what's average for December and I'm going to use it to adjust what I get this time so that what's average for December relative to other months, and I'm going to average that number up and down. That is certainly a possibility. But again, there are no data elsewhere that we can observe that would indicate that you had a massive exodus from the labor force in December. Nothing. Not even the weather, because if the weather had been a factor, why is construction up? And, you know, you look around, you would say, there's, there's no weather reason why that would have happened. So what accounts for this number? And, and I have yet to see a report on that. Okay, I have yet to see a report that tells me, oh, well, yeah, that number was really negative, but it was a special factor. It will go away. But I I mean to tell you, the labor force participation rate dropped three-tenths of percent in, in December versus November. It is still up versus where it was in December of 22. It's up from 62.3 to 62.5, but... Okay, but we went backwards after we were sort of blowing our horn that, hey, labor force participation seems to be coming back, seems to be coming back. We took a step back in the data for for December, and it's really not being discussed. So I'm going to take a break here. When I come back, I'm going to go, while I'm on the break, I'm going to go see if I can find the non-seasonally adjusted data and uh, try to get try to get you some help in understanding what's going on here. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Experiencing an injury or illness? Wondering if you'll be able to keep your job or when you can return to work? The Minnesota Retain Program may be able to help. Participants may qualify for free support from experts who can guide you through the next steps to get you back to work quickly and safely. Visit mnretain.com or call 507-284-4537 to learn more. Minnesota Retain is fully funded under a grant awarded by the U.S. Department of Labor and the Social Security Administration. This message is brought to you by Minnesota Retain, this station, and the Minnesota Broadcasters Association. How would you like to get high-speed internet for your home for less than $2 a day? That's right. For about 50 bucks a month, you'll get lightning-fast internet. Are you paying less than 50 bucks a month right now for your internet? Then call Whole Home Connect right now for blazing fast internet at 50 bucks a month with no price increases, no hidden fees, no contracts, no upfront costs, no equipment fees. It's a great deal. And guess what? You can try it for 50 
15 days. If you don't like it, you get your money back. But you're going to love it, and you're going to love the price. Internet for your home for 50 bucks a month. That's less than 2 bucks a day. Plus, no contracts, no upfront costs, no equipment fees, and our 15-day guarantee. Call now. Show the Biz fourteen forty. Thank you for listening today. Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. The number to call with questions and comments. Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. So I did pull up the pieces of data I wanted to look at, which was basically the size of the labor force and how big the drop is between October, between November and December. Okay, on a seasonally unadjusted basis. I used the labor force participation rate to sort of get get to confirm for me what I thought was true. The labor force participation rate, when it's seasonally adjusted, is higher than the unadjusted number in December every year. Think about it. We have holiday hiring. When does holiday hiring kick in? Frequently in October, you're starting to add workers for the holiday season. You will then begin to shed workers after you get past Black Friday and, and, and head into the rest of the holiday. You have workers who just leave because they're like, well, I earned enough and I wanna, I'm going to go see family. And so by the, by the date of the survey, by the, by the 12th of December, um, you're going to see some folks just exit out. And so the seasonal adjustment process just gooses that number Goose is a really uncharitable term. It makes an adjustment to the data to say, 
we always know participation is going to be less in December. So to make it comparable to the other months, we're going to make we're going to we're going to adjust it upward. Okay, and the adjustment is usually a whole three tenths of a percent, which is remarkable. There's a very few. We always adjust down in in June because when construction workers come on, you typically are going to adjust down. So those adjustments down in June and July, July are big in the other direction. You also get, of course, summer workers. Okay, temporary temporary workers who these could be 16 and 17 year olds that are in high school the rest of the year, but they're actually coming into the workplace uh, to hold a summer job for a couple months. And so you always adjust down the June, July data and you always adjust up the December and January data. And so that's what's happened here. The unadjusted change in, in the labor force, it was 167,977,000 in November in December, 166,661. Doing math very quickly in his head, that is 1,316,000 fewer workers in December versus November. We wipe away about 45% of that, 40 to 45% of that, as the normal seasonal amount. This was a big change. So what happened there? I don't know. I mean, I'm still trying to figure it out. But that certainly, that certainly wasn't the discussion that you got, um, that you got in the uh, in the data back uh, back in uh, back back in uh, 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 yesterday. Uh, t- more typical were things like this. This is Stephanie Link. She's uh, an economist at Hightower Securities. Uh, she was also on CNBC yesterday. Uh, and had a couple contributions. Let's play first cut number four. That the economic data is supporting the soft landing that all of us are talking about. I always worry that when we're all talking about the same thing, but you got to look at the numbers, Scott, and it's not just the job report today. I mean, look at ADP, look at Challenger Gray, look at initial claims, which is leading indica- a leading indicator. That's at 207,000 four-week moving average. So far from a, a recession... So, and it is. I mean, the Thursday night event that we, I mentioned, we we, act, we had a celebration. We have done our quarterly business report up here in the St. Cloud area now for 25 years. Um, our first publication was in January 1999. The first survey was done in December 1998. And, uh, and we, we had, we had, and so here I am. I'm supposed to be doing a celebration. What do we have always done since the very beginning? an estimate of whether or not the economy is heading into a recession by looking at the data locally on employment, talking to business leaders and constructing and taking some data with it and constructing some kind of indicator, a number. A year ago, we said, we said like just about everybody else, that there would be a recession in 2024, right? No, not only is there not a recession in 20, we thought we said there'd be a recession, excuse me, in 2023. We were wrong. Most economists were wrong. And so in the middle of, in the middle of doing this celebration of 25 years, it's like, yeah, well, my last year wasn't so hot. Um, luckily I've got good company, which is about 90% of the profession, but we can, I, 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 maybe I'll bring up 
bring a little bit more of that that to bear in the next hour. But but uh, Stephanie Link is cor- correct here. The data, even this data that I'm citing, on on the people leaving the labor force, I don't think actually can be used to say a recession is coming, per se. I there, I, I still think. By the way, to give you the give you the bottom line up front, have I given up on the idea that there'll be a recession in 24? No, I haven't given up. I think it's less likely than I thought six to nine months ago. But I don't think I'm going to mark it down to zero and say, yeah, well, I was wrong. Recession is going to happen full speed ahead. Um, I don't think that's true. And I'm not sure um, I'm I'm not sure that Link thinks so either. Let's continue with her. This is cut number five. Obviously, we all want to see the inflation numbers come down so that the Fed can cut, but it's not. It's still at, you know, 4.1% is still okay, but it's elevated. So that's why I don't think the Fed is going to cut six times this year. And if, by the way, they do, that means we have a massive decline and a uh, turnaround to the downside in the economy. And I just don't see it at this moment in time. And this is like, the, this is this is for me a uh, the, the key point for if there are people who are forecasting six rate cuts, and there are, I mean, there are people all over the board when it comes to, in terms of what they're saying about rate cuts. Indeed, we're going to play some of, there was one speech by a Fed official this week. And it's the only thing you needed to hear. It was a fairly short speech. There's only a couple minutes of him, of his audio that was out there. We pulled it. We're going to play, we're going to play a substantial portion of those two minutes uh, next hour. Uh, but if you believe that the Fed's going to cut six times next year, and you also believe there isn't going to be a recession next year, I'm not sure how you square that. Okay. And indeed, uh, on that line, let me, uh, let me add to this, the, uh, the, the, uh, uh, appearance uh, yesterday over on Bloomberg. You would have actually heard this here on the Biz 1440 yesterday morning. Uh, Bill Dudley on with uh, with uh, Pharaoh McKee and, and, and oh gosh, I'm blanking, Tom, Tom Keefe. And uh, he was on their show yesterday morning. You would have heard it here on the Biz. And, and Bill Dudley used to be the head of the New York Federal Reserve. He has been a Fed official for many, many years. He's now gone private sector. Um, he had this to say, cut number one. So the last couple of weeks, there's been a sort of change of view that the Fed rate cuts might materialize a little bit more slowly uh, with less force. And I think that this just reinforces that. The is still doing pretty well. Uh, looks like we're going to have growth in the fourth quarter of 2% plus. Uh, financial conditions have eased a lot over the last uh, you know couple of months. Uh, so I think that uh, risks are that the Fed's going to keep rates higher for longer. GDP now currently reporting from the Atlanta Fed that uh, – that uh, the rate is going at uh, 2.5%, and that was before the jobs report. They will not publish a new report. I don't think they've published a new report and won't until uh, sometime next week. I'm just double-checking to be sure that's there. Goldman Sachs has its tracking number at 1.4% at the moment, um, and at 1.4%. Uh, when, when the when Atlanta Fed updates GDP now, next will be next Tuesday. I'll certainly tell you about that next week as we uh, start to point toward toward what I think will be a very boring Fed meeting at the end of the month. But the thing that's going to be really telling is going to be what happens with the inflation data for December, 
which we'll find out at the end of next week. We will have some of that information for you on maybe we'll call it even Inflation Saturday next week. Uh, Dudley goes on on uh, in this interview talking to uh, Tom Keefe. This is cut number two. Well, I think the biggest thing is that there were such large fiscal transfers that occurred during the pandemic that households and businesses are actually in pretty good financial shape for this late in the economic cycle. And so people have the ability to continue to spend. Uh, this is unusual. And typically what happens is people get over their skis, they're overextended, Fed tightens, and that actually bites quite a bit on economic activity. This time, I don't think people are as overextended. And so the Fed rate hikes have had less uh, restraint on the economy. I was talking, I have, I have this employee who um, fell in love with a house because a friend of hers it was the builder. They know them, they, they know the builder through their church. They, he, and she said, I just really love what he does. I love this house, and he's giving me a great deal. And I said, yeah, but your mortgage is going to be 7%. Do you think you can really do that? you think you can really sell? And, and so... We went away for break. I didn't see her for about three weeks. Comes back and she's kind of not trying, trying not to make eye contact with me. And she says, "Oh, Dean Banyan, I'm so sorry. I bought that house. I moved in last week." I said, "Really? What happened with the house you got?" I sold it in three days. I'm like, "Well, here's the issue, right? Since the beginning, there was a downturn in construction. Uh, we started to see some softness." early in 2023 but because so few houses existing homes are going onto the market you're still seeing construction and because inventory is low you can still move a house there just aren't enough houses out there for the people that want to buy them to move them they're going to be slow in buying because they don't want to give up their three percent mortgage for what currently is actually running at least up here closer to six and a quarter to six and a half they don't want to give that up but but they do want to they 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 want to move and i'm just beginning i'm beginning to wonder i keep waiting for for the uh for the dime to drop on construction and i'm still waiting uh and as long as that number still stays strong because you still have households with healthier balance sheets than they might have had Well, certainly compared to 2006, 2007, but even healthier than they had in the latter half of the 2010s. As long as that's the case, how are you supposed to forecast a deep, dark recession? You can't. I'll give you a couple more examples of that kind of analysis coming up next here on The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. love sports but not all sports are created equal college sports have big budgets dedicated alumni networks and corporate sponsorships professional sports have even deeper pockets millionaire owners lucrative tv and radio deals and merchandise sales high school sports have you everyone agrees high school sports give us plenty of reasons to cheer And now's a great time for us to give back. Supporting your hometown high school won't cost you much, but it will go a long way to ensuring the games we love the most 
are here to stay. Minnesota High School Sports. They're good for our kids, good for our community, and best of all, they're good for you. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Are you tired of going online every day and getting news meant to make you afraid and anxious? And all that meaningless celebrity gossip fighting for your attention? Want something different? Something positive? Make your homepage Christianity.com. Replace the bad news and fake news with the good news. The life-changing gospel truth meant to encourage your daily walk with Christ. With daily devotionals, answers to life's tough questions, and meaningful Bible study from your favorite pastors and authors on today's current events and issues, you now have a homepage that reflects your life and your faith. Don't settle for the negativity and superficiality that the rest of the Internet offers. Instead, choose a homepage that will uplift you and strengthen your faith. Join the thousands of others who have made the switch to Christianity.com and experience the difference that good news can make in your life. Don't wait any longer to make a change. Choose Christianity.com as your homepage today and embrace the positivity and inspiration that comes with the good news of Jesus Christ. Need a good shot of your favorite pastor? Well, you can get him anywhere and everywhere at OnePlace.com and the OnePlace app. If you miss the daily dose of encouragement you need, find it there. If you want to hear that great sermon one more time, it's all there. We don't encourage you to leave this station, not ever. But when you want a repeat, you know where to go. OnePlace.com and the OnePlace app. No matter what happens, we're always on. The Ramsey Show. There is never a case where leasing a car makes sense. We're going into debt at 18% interest on a credit card. Never do payday lending. These are all stupid things. They go in one bucket, the stupid bucket. The Biz 1440. Weekdays 1 to 4. The Ramsey Show. I don't have credit card debt. I don't have student loan debt. I don't have car payments. I'm under control and I got a pile of money. You know what would happen? The economy would collapse. No, it wouldn't. The economy would boom. Weekdays from 1 to 4 p.m. Live on the Biz 1440. My childhood attachment to this song is so great. Oh, I love this song. King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. Did you not ever, because, you know, when that was first out, what you either had that on an album or you had it on, you heard it on radio. Uh, and for me, it was radio. I mean, I mean, the, one of the reasons I love doing, uh, you know, the show here on The Biz is that I have always had radio around me and for me it was music it was news it was sports it was it was everything i lived in a city which had its one tv station um that did a lot of of what now would be considered pretty humorous local tv um it carried abc news and that was it all the other stations came out of boston and on the cheap antenna that my parents had up uh, you didn't always see all the stations really well. The only station I could pick up well was the station that covered uh, the old NFL, which is why I am a New York Giants fan rather than a New England Patriots fan. Um, but anyway, uh, that song was the song that would keep you, you know, if it came on and you were either ready to go to sleep or you were just getting up in the morning. Yes, I did hear it once when I was just getting up in the morning. And I was almost late to school because I did not want to leave my bedroom until it finished. 
and I can't remember how long that song is, but it's a the 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 song after the the the, the song, and everyone knows the song, right? It breaks into something that that sounds like the birds chirping and so forth. That that piece goes on forever. I love it. I love it. It's what I again. It's sort of one of those memories of why I love radio so much. Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. I I gotta tell you. Um, we now are in an expansion that has now lasted 36 months. It's been 36 months since we had a negative print on the jobs report. That's December of, two, of 2020 is the last time we had it. So this is 36 months in a row. That streak is five is number five on the list since we started keeping track of the data. Number six is a tie between 1943, 1986, and 2000. The next one ahead is the 1979 expansion, which went 45 months. We went 45 months from the dreadful part of the of the 1970s, which is what sunk uh, Gerald Ford in the 76 election, um, through most of the Carter presidency. Unfortunately, it turned on him just a little too soon. Uh, but this is bigger than the 1986 expansion uh, and so forth. The number one expansion, of course, was the Great Moderation that that ran all the way through to into 2019. That was a hundred months of expansion through through multiple presidencies um, and, and and so forth. The hundred, the next highest one after the hundred is forty-eight. I find that interesting. So, what's the forecast for the next for the next period? Well, let me just give you one example of this that came off of the uh, came off the work we did, uh, the work that happened uh, back in uh, came came off the jobs report yesterday. This would be Jay Bryson, uh, who was uh, also, I believe, I'm trying to. I'm sorry, I'm stumbling. I'm trying to find where where he came from. He's from Wells Fargo. He was on, uh, I believe this is off, I think this is off Yahoo uh, yesterday. Uh, let's play this. This is cut number seven. Yeah, I would say it's going to be a modest downturn. I mean, I, I think anyone would stress that. I mean, I don't think we're looking at a major pullback here in the economy, but we are starting to see some cracks in terms of the consumer spending. And, you know, the Fed is still in restrictive territory. I think that puts some headwinds on growth, um, you know, in the coming quarters. And, and I think, you know, and, and you're seeing now the battle of will there be a recession? Will there won't be a recession? Nobody, I'm not hearing anybody say that the recession is going to be serious. So this break in this streak of 36, will we get to number four, uh, number four, the 1979 expansion that ran all, ran out to 45 months? I'm I'm saying that's less than 50-50 that we're going to make, that we're going to do that. But breaking that streak doesn't make it a recession. We would need a few months in a row to see that happen. Uh, and I just don't think we're there yet. But this... The, what what is what is remarkable to me is the fact that the 216 number the, the or the 164 number still contains construction spending which i find which again with given what's happening with interest rates i find that surprising but also given given how people probably have the down payment in hand and are worried about maybe not having that down payment i can tell you uh, just one other story my my sister sold her house right around the peak just before 
just before uh, the the before COVID happened uh, in twenty nine, you know, back in twenty nineteen, and she's been waiting for the market to turn around, and she's now been in an apartment for three and a half years, and she says, "I might have made a mistake. Maybe I should should have hopped in sooner." But they still haven't done done uh, what I would have thought they would would do at this time. So the jobs report again. There's this one piece that you have to spend time thinking about which is the which is the uh, what happened with labor force participation and thereby what happened with household employment maybe it's an aberration but the fact that nobody is talking about it makes me wonder if there wasn't some some attempt to just sort of you know whistle past a graveyard that might be coming and I wonder, again, whether this 36-month streak that we're on right now, can it get to 45? I think probably a little less than, I think, I'm going to say it's a little less than 50-50, that you won't at least have one negative month in the next nine months. Um, a little less than 50-50. But that doesn't mean a recession is likely. That's still possible. We put it. We put it at one in three chance, and I think that's still still where we are. We'll tell you more about that right after these messages. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. Do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call. Because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at crazy low prices. They have access to great prices and discounts at over 500 different airlines. Plus 300,000 hotels and rental car companies. Their prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find the best price for you. Call SmartFares today and get ready to see the world with a fat wallet. 800-989-0841-800-989-0841-800-989-0841. That's 800-989-0841. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much. From the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night, And every moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. China is attacking the U.S. patent system, stealing American innovations, and we are helping them do it. The Chinese Communist Party intends to surpass us and to be the world leader in innovative technology. 
Innovation Race, the shocking new movie from the Tea Party Patriots, exposes the truth. China will use our own technology to threaten our economic and military security. Dominating technology means you dominate the world itself. This is a race that we cannot afford to lose because we're not going to have a country. If China gains control over 5G technology with a flip of a switch, they could remotely turn off our phones, our cars, even our power grid. We've lost sight of what it is to protect this nation. We need to up our game. In today's high-tech world, there's no prize for second place. Watch Innovation Race. Available now on demand or DVD at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Common ground for the first-time investor.